on with that favourite pastor bit. I don't mind. I don't mind. How are you, church? Is that a good week? I want a quick look around. Gee, a good-looking bunch. You know, I'm just saying to the people uh, who were on the doors with me this morning, and I just say, you know, there are a lot of good people who come to our church. You know, like whatever forum you were to meet these people in, whether you're meeting them at church, but whether they were your neighbours, if you worked with them, you'd just be glad that you did. There's just a lot of good people who come to Emerge. So give yourselves a little clap for once. That's awesome. You know, last night, we had our night to shine. It's one of the nights I feel so proud of what we do as a church. You know, for a lot of people with disability, it's, it's, it's difficult. Life can be very difficult. And all of a sudden, on one night, it's about them. They're made to feel special. They're made to feel beautiful. They're made to feel like they matter. And the whole night is about them. And, and as they come down the red carpet and some dance and some are all excited, some, you know, you have to be quiet. You have to do like a quiet cheer. And you've got a medium cheer. And you've got a loud cheer, right? And, and just what the... The, the different ones love, and, and, and it just makes them. Then they put makeup on them, they sing and they dance, they put some crowns, they have a nice meal, and they're just made to feel, as what we call them, kings and queens. And as they come in, let me tell you, I must have cried 27 different times last night at different places because we made a night to remember for some people whose lives may not always be memorable, right? And, and I just think that's great. And if you can do good, then that has to be good. So uh, I just want to say what a fantastic night it was. But it actually leads me into my message for today. Because last night could never have happened except for all the volunteers that worked really, really hard. Yeah, let's give them a hand. You know, we have to honour Pastor Neil, who has got the vision, who drives it. Yeah, let's give him a hand. You know, he brings the leadership to it. He brings the vision to it. He's the driver of it. But if people don't volunteer, it doesn't matter. It's not going to be a great night if Neil himself, who's full of vision, full of work, he's going to work. If he's the one who's greeting the guests in the car park, he's the one who's walking them down, he's the one putting makeup on them, that wouldn't be good, right? He's the one doing the karaoke. He's got like, that's not going to work. You know, there are people last night who made so much of the night, no one even saw them. They did not leave the kitchen. They literally didn't leave the kitchen. They came home and all their fingers are all kind of wrinkly from all the dishes that they washed and, and all the different things. There were people who left here last night at 11 o'clock so we could have church this morning, right? And it's because people volunteered. People did something. People decided, my life is here to help someone else. I, I want to serve. So I want to welcome you this morning to Expo Sunday. As morning where we look at our church and look at all the opportunities that are here for you to get involved, right? Uh, last week, we had Vision Sunday where we presented the vision for 2024. Follow me and I will make you. 
And hopefully out of that vision, you have a question that you're asking yourself, which is, how can I be involved in that vision? How can I push that vision on a little bit further? You know, I certainly believe that every person who's here this morning, every person who's watching, everyone who calls Emerge Church their home, that you have a role to play here. You are not just a consumer, right? That there's a place to sit at the feet of Jesus, but there's also a place to serve in the church that Jesus established on this earth. So I've entitled this sermon, Opportunity Knocks. Today is the day at church where we don't tell you about all the things that church can do for you, but where we blatantly and boldly ask and say, well, what can you do for the church? So I'm going to shamelessly ask you to get involved here at Emerge Church. I'm not going to manipulate you. I'm not going to guilt you, but I promise you, I am going to try and persuade you to get involved somehow. For the church is good but also for your good. For me, serving has never been hard, right? Whatever I've been involved in, I've wanted to serve. I've always taken responsibility. I've always felt I I, I wanted to. See, in say a workplace, there are people who are motivated by money and there are people who are motivated by influence, right? So if I was in a workplace that offered me a lot of money, Right, but didn't offer me much influence and I didn't really have a say in what was going on, I would hate that workplace. I might get compensated really well, but I just wouldn't like it. So if I can be, if I'm in a place of influence, I did a personality test once. They said, you need to be part of a team as long as you're leading that team, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> right? So, but, uh, uh, so, so, so that, that's my thing. I, Money is not my motivator, it's influence, it's, it's people, it's, it's, it's serving, I, I wanna do. So whether I was at school, I was always involved in something. Whether it was in clubs, in my workplaces, and definitely when I started coming to church, I just wanted to serve, I wanted to get involved. It was just my natural birth, not because I'm godly, it's literally just how I'm made, right? It's just my DNA. I just can't sit in the, in the sidelines. Not my nature, I I'm, I'm, guess I'm just too bossy, right? So the golf club, and some of you may have heard this before, the, the golf club that I'm involved in, they host every year, they host the Queensland PGA Championships. And uh, it's a big endeavour, it's on TV, right? So I, I love it, I go, that's the golf course I play at, right? Ooh, right? It's a big endeavour, right? They've got golfers from all around Australia and some from around the world, and they compete for the championships. And to make that happen, you need a lot of volunteers. Now, I reckon I'm a pretty busy person. I'm not sitting there looking at my calendar going, gee, I wish I had something to do. I hope the phone rings so there's someone else and there's something else I can do. I'm not, that's not my life. I've got lots on my schedule. There's always different things that I do. And, and, and I know that they can get other volunteers. I know there's, you know, there's probably 1,500 members at the golf club. So I know that there's lots of people who could volunteer. But I give myself to what I'm involved in. So I get involved. And the times that I've done it, my job has been really hopeless, right? I hold up a sign that says, quiet, please. (laughs) That's it. 
right? Quiet, please. Right? It's not that important. It's not that prestigious. Right? It's not that exciting. It's not a notable and seemingly not important. But to the young professional golfer who's just starting out in golf, it's really important because it's a game of centimeters golf. It needs to be quiet. Someone's yelling out, he's about to pay. He's doing all these different things. It could mean the difference of thousands of dollars. It could mean the guy misses a cut or the girl misses a cut and, and then she has to give up on her dreams or her dream, his dreams to be a professional golfer. And serving is always about the big picture, not your picture. See, I think I've got some skills. I don't think I'm just, I think I can do more than hold up a sign. I don't think I've got some more skills than that. I think, to be honest, that, you know, holding up a sign, no, no, I have to rephrase that, but I I think I could do more. I think I could run the whole sponsor's tent. I think that wouldn't be too hard for me. I think I'd have the skills to be able to do that. I think I could be the one that coordinates all the player start times. and I think I've got the skills to be out there. There there are other parts of the event I think I could have led. But I wasn't asked to do that. I was asked to hold up a sign that basically said, shh, I was the shh guy, right? But it's not about me. It's actually about the whole event. And the best way at this point to serve this event was me to hold up a sign. Serving isn't about us. It's about something bigger than us and about us playing our role. And your role, which may seem small and insignificant, is actually quite massive in the whole picture. But that's just golf. To be honest, golf isn't really that important, unless you miss a two-foot putt. It seems important then, right? The church is important. The church is God's method by which he saves the world through Jesus Christ. Jesus established the church to be the vehicle by which men and women women would come to a revelation of Jesus. That's how he has designed it. The church, unlike golf, really is a matter of life and death, eternal life and death. You know, the Bible likens the church to a body, every part needs the other prominent, you know, my face, something not seen, my kidneys, you, you know, like I need all of those things. The hand needs the eye. Some parts you can see, some parts you can't see. You don't want to see your kidneys, right? If you are seeing your kidneys, you are in trouble, right? Does it make sense? But you certainly need your kidneys, right? Without your kidneys, you are in trouble, So please never see serving as a way of becoming prominent or don't see serving as something that is subservient that you're too good for. Jesus, the most prominent person in history who was God, came as a servant. He didn't come as the ruler. Everyone bow down to me, but he came as a servant willing to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So let me example in church, in serving, how doing something seemingly insignificant can actually have a huge effect. You know, if you serve in our welcome team and all you did 
was just smile at someone new. As they walked in, you, hey, smile. You just gave them a smile. You've made someone feel like they're welcome to come to Emerge Church. They're not just tolerated. You're actually welcomed here in our church. And you don't know the story of their lives. You don't know if their lives have been full of rejection. You don't know what they've been through that week. You know, they might have lost their job. They, they might have had a son or a daughter just do some crazy things. They, they might have had a middle of a divorce or, or something's gone on and there's no joy in their life. Great message, by the way, around communion, Chris, right? But, but there's, there's no joy and all of a sudden, here's someone smiling at them. It does something to their spirit and a welcoming smile just does something. What have you done? What does it cost you? But you've done that. You've smiled at someone. Maybe you serve in the tech area and you get here early. You know, and after a thing like last night, I'm guessing the tech area got here real early, right? And uh, they're setting up the lights and the video and the computers and the instrument. How does that have eternal value? Right, that's just stuff. That's just hard work. And to be honest, the only time you get noticed is if something goes wrong and everyone's like, you, you know, like, so where's the, how good is that? But your effort enables people to concentrate on worshiping Jesus, yeah. of being in God's presence rather than being distracted by all these other things. Because you don't know how disconnected someone feels from God. And all of a sudden they're in church and they have that opportunity to let that bowed head yeah. be lifted up. Right, and all of a sudden, that, that, that a connection happens between God and that person, or the unsaved person who comes into church for the first time, who's never felt the presence of God, can all of a sudden go, "Oh, what's that?" Yeah, right. All of a sudden, the the eternity that's written in their hearts for the first time experiences in 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 reality the eternity of God, and all of a sudden, their spirit becomes alive, there's something here. And I've heard it a time and time and time again of someone coming into church and just going, I, I just felt something, I don't know what it was. It's, it's, it's God doing something in their lives. You might serve in the kids area and I just go, wow, good on you because most people don't even know you exist, <laughs> right? And to think about it, every other area of church, you can at least be in church. You serve in the, uh, music, you serve in the uh, tech, you, you do the host team in a cafe. At least you're in church for some of it, right? You, you, you know, but you're serving in kids. They don't even go to church today. They're serving that whole time. But you're not only setting a direction for a young mind, you're giving them a great experience of church so that when they think about church, they're like, oh, boring, it's horrible. But they go, I want to go to church. There'd be parents in here who would have a, a, a house meltdown, right? They said, oh, we're not going to church today. Right? I remember Jack would freak out, totally freak out if for some reason we didn't go to church. Like he'd completely have a meltdown and temper tantrum, right? So uh, he probably isn't like that completely today, right? <laughs> but he can still have a meltdown every day. <laughs> but one of the other things is that you're giving a man, a mum and dad, just a moment yep. to contemplate God and to be in his presence. 
If you've got young kids at home, it's 24 7. Right? There's always one kid wanting something, crying, happy, this going on, la 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 la. Right? You haven't really all got, how do I have my devotions when some kid's pulling at my, you, you, you know, like, how do, how do you do those things? I want to have a time and go, oh, you know, and then by the time when they go to bed, you say, I'm going to bed too. Right? Like, <laughs> so, so the thing is, is that later come. And when they haven't maybe had the opportunity to spend some time with God, all of a sudden in church, they can. All of a sudden, they can hear the word. All of a sudden, you've, you've given them an opportunity to do that. That's incredibly important. Maybe you serve in life groups or you host a group in your home. Maybe the only thing you do is you bring some food so that people can share it at the end. But what you've done is you've set an atmosphere where someone can be loved, where someone can have their personal concern listened to. We open up the altars and we pray for people to, if you have a concern, but a life group, you can talk to someone about it. A life group, yeah. someone can come around you. Life group, you can be using gifts. I'm not gonna sit there and say, okay, let everyone give a prophecy. Everyone give the teaching today. You know, we'll be here till Wednesday afternoon, yeah. right? But in life group, you have an opportunity to be used to let the gifts inside of your life actually start to come out. And all of a sudden, someone feels like, well, at church, I see all these people, but I can still feel alone. Right, I can be alone in the midst of a crowd. But you can't be alone in the midst of a life group. Someone's going to be a part. You're going to feel like you belong. You're going to feel like you're connected. You're going to feel like you can have some trustworthy friends who genuinely care for you and will actually get around you in your time of need. You know, there are so many ways you can serve individually. And, and to be honestly, many of the ways we serve can seem so dull, so unimportant. Making someone a coffee in the cafe, playing an instrument, putting out the chairs, giving in an offering. You know, the Bible calls that a, a gift in Romans 12. Your giving is, 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 a, is, is serving, visiting someone who's sick, cleaning the toilets, cleaning the windows of the parents' room out there. And hello, all those in the parents' room today. <laughs> but you put all that together and you get an environment where God can do eternal change where someone can move from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, where, where someone who's at their wit's end and says, if, if God doesn't do something today, I'm out of here. I've had enough. And all of a sudden, God comes in their life and they completely sets a direction or resets the direction of their future. Faith is birth. The person is just, I've just had it. I'm out. You playing your part, you're doing your unglamorous, unimportant tasks, moves that person into an environment where God can work. You know, I, I want people to love our church. I want Emerge Church to be an excellent organization. But to be honest, my real goal is that everyone who comes gets something where God did something. Yeah. But I'm not really wanting you to connect to Emerge Church. I want you to connect to God. And so everyone does all that we do. So in one moment of time, there's something where heaven and earth meet and something happens in your life. You help someone have an encounter with Jesus. And remember, before you can follow Jesus, there always has to be an encounter with Jesus. Serving is eternally important. So let me ask you a question. Do you have to serve at a merged church? 
And my answer is this, you don't have to do anything. Nina and I and the other pastors will love you, will care for you, will esteem you regardless of how yourself. So of course not, you do not have to serve. But should you serve? And I believe the answer to that is yes. I'm unapologetic about that. 1 Peter 4 verse 10 says this, as each one has received a gift, let the minister it to one another. Literally every person in this room is spoken to. There's no exceptions in that. Each one of you have a gift that God has given you, right? And, and you minister it to one another. And something about gifts is this. When you know that someone uses the gift that you gave them, right, it makes you feel happy, right? Like so, so someone gave me a shirt for my birthday and then they never see me wear that shirt. No matter what's going on, whether they see me in casual times, they see me in formal times, they see me and they never see, they go, well, oh, that's a bit strange. He doesn't like the shirt. Right? But yet, if I turn up and here I am wearing the shirt, and I'm wearing a shirt on Sunday. Wow, he must really like the shirt. The more that you use your gift, the more you honor the gift giver who is God. And it's there, what does it say? It's not there for you, it's there for one another. So, whether it be listening skills, your hospitality, your brain, or your brawn, and maybe you don't know your gift. Well, in a few weeks' time, I think on January, the, uh, January, February the 20th, we begin our Following God course. You're gonna do it in life groups, but we're also gonna do it because I really want everyone to do it. That's why we're doing it in life groups and outside of life groups because I really want everyone as part of our church to do this course. It's five weeks, but one of the weeks is finding your gift. What gift do you have? There's no, me, there's no point me asking you to do this, but you, know, you hate that. But let's do this. You love that. And there's all these different gifts that the Bible speaks about and will help you discover that and then get you working in your gift. So remember, no gift that God gives is for you alone. It's always with someone else in mind. So Matthew 25 there's three great parables. There's a parable of the wise and foolish virgins. There's the parable of the talents. And then there's the, the story of the end times of the sheep and the goats. And the, the parable of the talents is one I want to have a look at today. You, you know the, the story. There's a, a guy, he's going away. And so he, he gives his servants his talents. He gives his servants the, the ability to go forward. And he gives one five, he gives one three, and he gives one one. And one couple of them use it and the other one doesn't. That's, that's, that's the very basic story. What it's saying is that essentially the master, who obviously in this story is God, essentially demands a profit from the gift given. It's actually quite a scary parable if you look at it with any sort of seriousness. It's pretty stark, to be honest, if you look at it in those terms. We see from the parable that essentially God is an investor in us. And I find the concept of God being an investor in us and therefore expecting a profit because no one invests in something that they don't expect a profit from, I actually find that a very challenging concept. 
You know, we hear about grace all the time. And we are definitely and completely saved by grace. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. We can't do anything to make God love us more and there's nothing that we could do that's gonna make God love us less. Our salvation is secure upon calling upon the name of Jesus by faith and trusting Him. No ifs, no buts. So how does God expecting a profit from His investment in us fit the grace narrative? Because it's this, one saved, we all have a responsibility. James 2 verse 14 says this, what is it? What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? Oh, we should help, you know, people with disability. They need, you know, someone to make them feel special. I hope someone else does it. But last night we did something. Does that make sense? We, we did something. We didn't just wish well. We didn't just have good intentions. In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, oh, but I have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. And this kind of explains itself. There's always evidence of faith. Martin Luther, the, the man who's known for bringing back the truth of grace to the church, right, actually said, we are, faith, we are saved by faith alone, but faith is never alone. So let's dig a little deeper into the master and teller's parable. A master gives his trusted servants, not just anybody, his money to look after while he goes on a long trip. He gives according to each one's ability. One gets five, one three, and another one. We know the story. The master comes back and he commends the servants with five. He made five more, he had three, he made three more, and, and, and says, well done. You know, and, and, and he's very happy with them. But he condemns the one who hides and buries his talent. He condemns the one who doesn't make a profit. How does this happen? Well, why is the unprofitable servant who gave back what he was given, it's not like he lost the money, gave back what he was given, but he's actually condemned as unprofitable and wicked and lazy. They are the words that the master uses. So let's, let's have a look, Matthew 16, 25, 16. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work. Everyone say work. work. And gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. Now what you see is in the scripture here, I have in brackets put the word ergazomai. That's the Greek word. That's the word that, that is the original word 
for work. And let's have a look at what it means. I'll, I'll put that up on the screen as well. Number one, it means to work, labor, do work. Two, it means to trade, to make gains by trading, to do business. Number three, to do, to work out. A, exercise, perform, commit. B, to cause, to exist, to produce. C, to work for, earn by working, to acquire. It's a verb, it's an action word. To gain profit with the gifts and talents that God has given us, we have to work them. It doesn't just happen. Intention or happy thoughts are not enough. And following Jesus requires work. It requires servanthood. It requires you doing something. Now remember, this is not speaking about salvation. This is not salvation. This is about how God's kingdom works on earth. You can't do anything to earn your salvation. You're not loved more or less by God because of your works. Our works can't get us salvation, but our works certainly reward us in this life and in the next. If all I do when I get to heaven is say, here's my salvation, I will be saved. I'm not gonna lose my salvation, but how sad is that? What have you done with the gifts that I've given you? What have you done with the talents I trusted you with? What have you done? Here's my salvation. But when I get to heaven, I want there to be gold, silver, and precious stones from the works that I have done for the things of God, not to earn my salvation, but because of my salvation, that I may, as the writer of Hebrews says, that I may enjoy the better things that accompany salvation. There are better things. Salvation is the doorway, it's the star, it's the most wonderful thing and you cannot work for it. But there's so much more that God has for you if you use the talents that He's put in your life. Remember our theme for this year is follow me that's the salvation part. That's where you, you come. You can't do anything and I will make you. That's once you've decided to follow Jesus. And this is how, and, and, the, and the works are the Him making you. There is no other way. So in really tough terms, but in no tougher than Jesus in Matthew 25, if you refuse to use your gifts to benefit the whole body, you're wicked and lazy. And I think, that this is one of my biggest beefs that I have with people who say you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. If you're not gonna go to church, if you're not gonna make yourself part of the body, if you're not gonna bring yourself and be part of a local body of Christ, how do you use your gift to the benefit of the body of Christ? How do you minister your gift one to another, you're either wicked or lazy. It's harsh. The master says, at least you're done. You could have put it with the bankers. Just put it over there. Don't do anything. Just put it with the bankers. It would have got some interest there, but he didn't, he buries it. See, the thing is, even if the only thing that you do is sit in church, you never do anything. Don't smile at anyone. 
You don't do anything. You, you, you never do anything but other occupy a seat. Never put a dollar in the offering. Never do anything, but you're here. You're actually adding interest to the body of Christ. To someone who's never been to church, go, wow, look at this, the church is full. I just thought the church was a relic. The church was irrelevant. And wow, look at all these people. There's 250 people here this morning. Right? You've added interest just by being here. But if you bury your gift, your talent, and keep it all for yourself, then that's just wicked and lazy. So what's profit in the kingdom of God? It's people. It's people. We are the true riches of the kingdom. It's not material. It's not stuff. It's people. And God places value on people. So much value that he himself came to earth in the form of Jesus, the Son of God. He comes to earth and serves. Not for his benefit. In the end, he was crucified. Right? But for the joy of, his, of the salvation, the joy, that's what Jesus did it for. And I just want to add one more thought, and then we're going to finish church in a different sort of way. I want to add one thought, because in the end, just telling you, you should do it, come on, isn't really going to be enough. So let me talk to you about what's in it for you. All right, if I'm going to sell you something, there better be something in it for you. And I will tell you what's in it for you. 1 Timothy 3 verse 13. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. Everyone who serves is gonna have to do something out of faith. Everyone's going to have to do something out of themselves. God's going to ask you to do something you can't really do by yourself. It requires faith. And then when you see God do something or use you, then all of a sudden that gains great confidence, not just in yourself, but it gains confidence in God. You know, Chris today, when he talked about communion, spoke about being with his son and they went through a song, right? And they, they went through a song and, and he helped his son and they made a song up. And he goes, this joy came, this confidence came because he was used in his gift. And that's, and that's what it means. What happens is that like, I know that I can trust God. If I'm serving, there's always gonna be a testimony of fruitfulness that I'm gonna have. If I'm just watching, if I'm just sitting back, if I'm just not using my gift, then there's an opportunity missed to actually see God doing something. So what role could you play? Where could you serve? How can you use your gifts and talents to minister to one another? Well, there are many. And we're gonna finish our service today in a bit of a different way. We're gonna, we've set up an expo in the foyer, right? So this is like when you go to Australia Zoo, you can't leave but other than go through the gift shop, <laughs> right? We're closing the front doors and you can only leave by going through the expo, right? And we put on little cards and little things that, you know, the frequently asked questions about each area. 
So maybe we set up an expo of seven booths. So I'm going to ask you, maybe you want to serve every week. Every time the church opens its door, you want to be here. You want to be Bernadette. All right? Like Bernadette, every time the church is open, Bernadette will be here doing something. You might want to serve once a week. You might want to serve once a fair, once a month. You might want to serve once a year. You might want to just say, look, if there's a special event, if there's something I can do, then like, you know, let me know. Right? So we, I'm not saying how much you've got to serve. That's not the issue. The issue isn't about how much. Right? The issue is to, I'll serve to the capacity and to, to the wants and the wills and the talents that are in my life. Right? And, and once again, like, all the things, there's no expectation. This is opportunity. It's called opportunity knocks. It's not about guilting you, manipulating you. I'm trying to put down a reasonable argument for you to actually serve. So we've got seven booths. We've got generations booth, which is all our ages and stages, our departments, youth, young adults, families, seniors, men's and women's. But I do want to give a plug for our kids area. Right, let me tell you, last Sunday morning here at Warner, we had 74 kids. That's crazy, right? 74 kids were in children's church, or I don't even know what they call it. What do they like? I'm so old school, children's church, right? But, uh, um, right, so we need some help. And I'm not asking you to every, give up every service. But can you give up one Sunday a month? You know, can you, can you do something? Now, we'll train you. We'll make sure that you're safe for all the parents out there. We're just not gonna, oh, you wanna put your hand up? Oh, yeah, they can move. We'll go through all the different things with all the child safety processes. We'll make sure that everyone's got a blue card and that, and that it's right because we wanna look after our kids, right? We, we need got a responsibility to do that. But can you do that? Can you give up a Sunday? Can you give up? You know, every couple of weeks, can you do that for those kids? 74 kids. And let me tell you, it's not going to get less. It's only going to get more. Right. So they do an amazing time. You know, it's lots of fun. There's, there's a program that, that you use, not just use, here they are, do what you want. Right? We'll program it. We'll help you. It's, it, it's fun. And you get to work with Angie, who's just amazing, right? Who's just one of the funnest people in the world. So... Uh, Think about that. There's the creative. The creative team is not just the singers and the musicians, but it involves every outlet of creativity. And we want to see those things. Maybe uh, design, you know, like graphic design. Maybe photography, singing, building skills. We'd love you to get involved if you've got some building skills. Our production team, which helps create the atmosphere for our services. And we will provide training. I know that just in the next month or so, there's going to be a production training night. So about video, about sound, about lights. And, you know, we do much as a church. And it falls on a lot of times the same people doing it every time. Right? So let's increase that. And let me tell you, what's not good about having an extra skill? Something that you never really had kind of any kind of skill in before, all of a sudden you're trained and you've got an extra skill to understand sound or lighting or video or those different things. So please think about that. Sunday services, you can get involved in a Sunday, you're already here. Right? You don't even have to go out specially, you're already here. The cafe is a central hub. You look at it out there, there's cafe, long lines. You know, I, I want to say, I'll, I'll give you one of my cheat codes. 
I don't care about queues, right? The longer you're in a queue, it actually makes me happy. Because what happens is that you then have to talk to the people that you're in the queue with, right? And I want you to talk to each other. So I don't mind if you have to wait a little bit longer to sign in your kids, because you can talk to that other couple. I don't mind if you, if you have to wait to get your coffee or your uh, barbecue, whatever it is. I don't mind that. I think it's great. So our cafe, we need help all the time just to make coffee. And we make good coffee. We got some announcements regarding our cafe soon. It's all good. Our host team, you know where your priority is people. Right? See, I, I'm never going to be the guy in the back doing kind of admin. Right, no one wants me to do admin, right? <laughs> but people, I love people. It stirs me to greet you as you all come in. I love that. It's, it's, it makes me just feel great, right? Our, our, our hosting, their pride is people. It's welcoming out the door. It's hosting new people in the cafe. It's making sure that Immersed Church is a friendly environment and that people actually feel welcome. The service team, it's all about the processes. This table did not come up here by itself. It just flowed in. Someone put it down. If we showed a video, someone would come down and put it out there. Right? There's all these different things. The, the way the communion was set up, all the different things that go on. If someone comes and gives you something, that's our service team. Morning tea. Now, we're glad that you can go to the cafe and you can get a good cup of coffee, but not everyone can afford to have a cup of coffee. And so we have a morning tea, just where you can have your coffee. It's free. You don't have to pay for it or anything like that. It's just free and it's there. Maybe you can help there. Our, our, another area, another booth we have is life groups. This is our way of pastorally caring for you. So you can either sign up to go to a life group. You can talk about, I'd like to consider running a life group. And we will train you in that. Or if, and, and, if, and maybe you just think, I want to get connected with just some people who well, I'm going to join in life groups. Maybe it's major events. You know, we do in-house events like Summit, right? Easter, Christmas. But we also host other church events, you know, Brisbane North Region Gatherings. This week, right, we had the training of all church planters from all over Queensland came here for a two-day meeting to how to plant churches, Right, that was here. We needed people to help do those things. There may be a funeral or, or a meeting during the week that, that we need help. We need people who are going to help. And also, too, is that, you know, you might not have time to be able to do something every week, but I can help on a one-off event. I can help on summer. I can help and do this. And, and for that time, I'd, I'd like to do that. You know, missions, there's a missions booth where, because we are missions church through and through. I love seeing the pictures this week that have come to me, you know, as our team is in Cambodia. They've been to a drug rehab. They painted up a school. They uh, did a youth concert. They've done prayer meetings. They've done pastor's training. Last night, they went to the governor's house and my own daughter was singing karaoke, <laughs> right? I sent her a message saying, you're leading next week at Morayfield, <laughs> all right? She's let me send her a message just before because she just woke up because it's three hours behind crying, right? So uh, <laughs> our mission's... We want to get the message of the gospel out there. And the Bible says that there's gifts and there are evangelists in our church. People that are just gifted and care about those who are going to a Christless eternity. So I want to ask you, if that's you, 
Get involved in our missions, because that's what missions is. It's missions here in Brisbane, it's missions here in Australia, and it's missions around the earth. It's our evangelical arm. It's us getting the message out. If that stirs you, get involved. See. And get involved. Next steps. It's just someone coming to Jesus is actually the start of the journey. Right? It's not the end of a journey. And we want to disciple. We want to help people follow Jesus. We're going to be running this course, follow in God. Right? So you want to help in that. You got a teaching gift. We'll make sure that you can help us in that. One of the things we do is someone who becomes a Christian for the first time, we actually sit with them individually and go through just this little Bible study. And when I became a Christian and someone said I had to read Mark 1.16, I don't even know what that means, right? I don't know that the Bible, every book I've read, you just read, right? There's no kind of chapters and verses and different things like that. So someone actually had to teach me that they're what Mark 1.16 meant and how then to find it. And how can I ask questions of God when I don't even know enough? Well, what is prayer? Does that, that means I've, I've got to kneel down and, or put my head on the ground or to have to face a particular direction. What, what, what is, because if you don't know, you don't know. And so then all of a sudden, we just get people and we just talk about it. Well, what, what does it mean? And we help someone with where they're at. Because where this person at is different from where this person is at. And so we said, so maybe you could do that. And you're willing to just spend some individual time with one individual or one family and sit there and we'll just go through this book. Just six little studies that help you ask questions and bring out and, and widen what it is that God wants to do in your life. Now I want to say, you definitely don't have to do everything. You don't have to do something every week. But consider, what is it, Lord? How would you like me to minister the gift that you have given me to one another? I'm just going to pray. Father, I thank you, O oh Lord, for a church that is serving, O oh God. It's not done because we're left just with only staff to do all the work. Father, that's definitely not true. We already have a serving culture, Lord. But Father, today's opportunity knocks. It's about opportunity, oh God, an opportunity to be used by heaven, an opportunity to see heaven come to the earth in people's understandings and lives, oh God. And so, Father, I pray that where someone needs to be convicted by the Holy Spirit, not of me, but of the Holy Spirit, speak to them right now. Father, Lord, let something of desire, something of stirring happen in each of their lives, oh God. Father, as they go through different areas of the booth, oh God, of the booze, oh Lord, Father, let it be, let it be, oh God, that something would, would stir, something would stir in them, oh God. I ask that in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Now, I've, I've finished with this story, and it's a strange story. Uh, I just feel to finish with this. I might just minister to someone. Yesterday, I was spoken to and given a pretty incredible opportunity. Uh, but it would mean a pretty massive change. And to be honest, in being asked, 
I just knew immediately that it wasn't right. I knew it wasn't a, the, the right decision to make, even though it was an honor to be asked, and it was an honor to be considered, but it wasn't right. But then, as the day went on, I started to think, well, I, I could do this, and that would happen, and there's a way around, I could do it this way. And I started to, to think about it. But what happened, it just reminded myself, because I'm a leader, if you offered me the opportunity to run a cafe, I'd go, no, I don't want to do that. But in that day, I would start thinking, well, I could do this, I could do that, I could do this. That's, that's the gifting on my life, is to run something, right? Is to, is, is to do something. So I was getting stirred to do something, but it wasn't of God, right? It wasn't, it wasn't of God, and I, and I knew that. So you're gonna go out into the things, and maybe because the opportunity's there or, or something, but it, it's because you're already doing so many different things. There's already something that you're doing. Don't feel guilted or feel like you should do just and because you have ideas. But then the other side of it is true. If you've never really thought about something, and all of a sudden you walk past the kids area thing and you go, well, I don't really want to do kids, but all of a sudden there's something starts to stir in your spirit. Something starts to go. And then you find yourself this afternoon thinking about, uh, thinking about, uh, you know, kids. Starting to think about, well, I, I could do this and gee, I like that. And, you know, there's this kid at church. He's such a cute kid. And you, you, you know what I'm saying? There's this, all of a sudden, this stirring. That's the Holy Spirit. That's where he starts to stir something in. And that's where the discernment of spirit comes in. Is something of man, something of the enemy, is something of God. If you do something because of man, you'll do it for a time, but the first time it gets hard, you'll just quit because it's just too hard. God hasn't put this in your heart, right? Serving is never gonna be asked by the devil, all right? I'll tell you that right now, right? But if it's of God, it's gonna stir you. It's gonna build you. It's gonna increase your confidence in the things of God. So church finishes right there. As I said, no band, right? You finish church today by going through our expo. So let's open those doors. God bless you tonight. It's gonna be fantastic. And next week we got Israel Campbell. And let me tell you, he is a fantastic preacher. You are gonna love it. God bless you. Have a great week. See you tonight.